Well, it's noon here in Ventnor, New Jersey, and this is news that you can use for Thursday, June 22nd, from your good friends at CarEdge.com with your hosts, well, me, Ray, and uh, the handsome one over there with the bear on his chest, Zach. What the hell's going on there, handsome? Are we backwards today? No, I don't believe so. You don't think so? What do you mean? Is that the right way? No, that's no, not the right. Whoa, no, that was bad. Yeah, yeah. Come on, what are you doing? How you doing this morning, pops? Well, you know, you know, you know, I, you know, I'm good. Banks are making a huge mistake. Risky. Not again. No, they aren't. <laughs> Come on, man. Why do you do this to me? Real legitimate data comes out. We pull it up on the show, and you you give me a hard time every <laughs> single time. Let me pull it up on the screen. We can all look at it together. Here it yes. is, folks. Yes. One moment. Boom. Boom. More Americans are getting into auto loans that exceed the worth of their car, Dad. Well, tell me this, something new. I found this to be fascinating. Yeah. Used car loan to value ratios increased to 125 in the first three months of this year from 104 for the same period in 2021. Can, can we say what 125? That's 125%. Why they would just frame it as 100? What does 125 mean to anybody? Explain. We talked a bit about this on yesterday's show, but yes. this literally came out yesterday. And this is new data that says that. Explain, explain, explain what loan to value ratios are. Let's start there. L loan to value ratios are what a bank lens against okay so if a vehicle's worth ten thousand dollars and the bank would normally lend a hundred and ten percent loan to value ratio well that would mean they would loan up to eleven thousand dollars on a ten thousand dollar car well they're at 125 percent which means that they're financing twelve thousand five hundred dollars on that ten thousand dollar car and well that means people have instant negative equity which is something nobody ever wants to be the proud possessor of um and and so if anything were to happen to your vehicle if it were to be totaled for any reason well you'd be on the hook for the difference between what your insurance company would pay and what is still owed which would be well significant but is 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 it not surprising to you dad that yes. in the first three months of this year as we've seen lending st uh, standards tighten and, and lending requirements tighten, that we're actually increasing by 25% the amount that banks are willing to lend on, on these loans. I mean, that to me is staggering. And the fact that that was happening in the first three months of this year when we could, and the writing is on the wall, it's very clear. Auto loan delinquency rates are up. We talked about that ad nauseum yesterday and even the day before. To then get this data, and again, I'll pull it back up on the screen, to get this data. Yeah. The headline is from Bloomberg, more Americans are getting auto loans that exceed the worth of their cars. Used car loan to values ratios increased to 125% in the first three months of this year from 104 in the same period in 2021. That to me is just yeah, but, blowing but, my but, mind. But, 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 Lots of buts. Well, there's a huge but there because they're using 2021. Okay, use 2022, and I and I guarantee you the 125 percent is probably less than what people's loans were in 2022. Okay, where where that number might have been 140 percent. It's. I said it yesterday. I said it the day before yesterday. You'd I probably said it, say it tomorrow. I said it months ago. I've said it years ago. The only reason dealers were able to get what they asked for these vehicles in 2022 
was because the banks were kind enough and gracious enough to finance more on those vehicles than they should have, than they would have, than, than they did in the past. Because what they were financing far exceeded what their guidelines were. If you have really, really, really good credit, a long credit history with good income, and, and, uh, and a history of always making your payments in a timely fashion. You could find banks in my day that would lend upwards of 130% loan-to-value ratio, okay? But you had to be like, it, it's almost as if God was your cosign, okay? <laughs> you needed to be godlike in the way you had handled your credit in the past. In, one, in, one way to frame it, yes. Yeah, in, in, in 2022, banks were lending 150, 160, 165% loan-to-value ratios. And, and, and you didn't really even have to have ex extraordinarily good credit. You needed to have good credit. You didn't need to be top, 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 top tier. They were they were extending these courtesies, if you want to call it that. Um, you know, and I'm not sure it's a courtesy when the bank helps to bury you. Yeah. Uh, but they were extending these courtesies to these buyers that, well, A, didn't qualify for it, and B, doesn't make good sense uh, to the bank. But, but yet they did it. Now, what will happen is as repos go up, um, federal inspectors will come in and they'll look at some of these loans and they'll question, well, what, 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 what did you see here that made you say yes? And, and so then banks will start tightening their lending again. Um, but banks have already been tightening their lending, yes. which I think is the fascinating piece. This you're spot on. They're doing a comparison from 2021, first quarter of 2021, yeah. to the first quarter of 2023, cutting out the year where you're 100% <laughs> right. If we can get our hands on that data, yeah, our our supposition would be that loan to value ratios were even higher than they currently are. That being yeah. said, you to know, still be at 125% is quite high. Yes, but but what it points out is that that. I don't want to call into question the journalistic practices and standards of like Bloomberg or automotive news. But if you just want to cherry pick data, um, you know, to try and make a point, you're, you're not being fair, honest and, and, and transparent when you do that. Um, don't compare it to 2021. Compare what's going on now to 2022. When things, you know, when and and especially don't compare it to the first quarter of 2021 before things really went um, crazy as far as as retail asking prices for used cars and what banks were lending against that. So I'm going to sneeze. Jeez. Oh God! Sorry, about you were that. so loud. It's incredible. <laughs> Well, I, I do apologize, folks, but yeah. I hear you loud and clear. I want to pull up one comment that came from Igor and kind of ties in with this. Igor says, Bloomberg's journalists are so behind the news. They are lagging on their report and literally last report this sec. It's interesting. Bloomberg journalists reach out to me to yeah. get scoops on stuff. <laughs> well, well, I don't want to say anything negative about us, but that should tell you everything you need to know <laughs> about Bloomberg. 
you know. I mean, hey, I get I get journalists from more than just Bloomberg reaching out to me for scoops, but still. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Yeah. You're right. You know, if they're coming to us. Live from Ventnor City, New Jersey. New Jersey, yeah. I mean, it just, it just, you know. But I appreciate the fact that they think of us as somewhat authorities on some of this. Um, you know, we're, we're just extrapolating from the news we see from other sources. Here we go. Um, oh, and also, like, we literally, we desk thousand plus deals yeah, every month. I, you know, so we, we know, we know mean, what's we, going on. We live this stuff. All right. Here's other pieces of information that tie in with this, Dad. Average yes. used vehicle payments in Q1 yes. went up even more. $516 relative to $505 in Q1 of 2022. So we are seeing the yes. average amount financed down. Look at that. Q1 of 2023 is $26,420 compared to the average used car financed a year ago in Q1 was $28,000. Yes. Either more cash down or prices coming down. We know prices are coming down, but not that much. It's more no, cash well, down. No, no, look at the average interest rate. Average interest rate. But what I'm saying is the amount financed, Dad. Yes, the only things that can affect the amount finance. And are. and and truth be told, the, the the payment is less in the first quarter of 2023 than it was in the fourth quarter of 2022. Which is again a reflection, I think, of having to put more cash down to actually get yourself into a into a payment into a into a card note. Yeah, you know, and and they're they're showing a average loan to value ratio of uh, 116 percent. What is a if you were a customer, Deb? Yeah. What would you want your loan to value ratio to be? If I was a, you know, yeah. it, it, let, let's let let me put it in in perspective to the housing market. When you go to get a mortgage, if you're not putting 20 percent down, you you have to get PMI, private mortgage insurance. And that's because, you know, in most cases they think, well, you're going to be somewhat out of equity. So if you're not putting at least 25, I would say 25 to 30% down, and it could be more, um, you, you, you want to walk out of there with enough cash down that your loan to value ratio is somewhere around the 80 to 90%, not 115% or 125%. Um, you, you, it takes too long to get rid of negative equity. Yeah. So if you don't have, you, and, and I was in, I was in automotive sales for 43 years. The number of people that would come in and, and want to look at a $40,000 car and have $500 to put down and want a monthly payment of $300 a month was staggering. And what was really staggering about it is that they have no idea, no concept, these customers, as to, well, how do you figure out what your budget is and what you can actually afford and what you can afford, what that actually equates to? Yeah. Um, you know, so too many people go in to buy cars with not enough money down. You know, five hundred to a thousand dollars down when when fees on a car deal are usually at least ten percent. Yeah, and let's figure there's going to be some profit in there, about ten percent. Yeah, and and you're putting down a thousand, you ain't covering even the fees. You're doing yourself a huge disservice. Yeah. Um, now the reason for that is because as a whole. In this country, 
we don't save. We don't put money away in the savings accounts so that when it comes time to buy something, we we don't have any money to buy it with. <laughs> okay. But but we got credit. But the banks will lend us yes, up to 120. Yes, yeah. yeah, we've got credit. It's a hell of a system, man. Um, well, it, it's a system designed to keep sales going, to keep the market moving, to, to give manufacturers a reason to continue to manufacture, uh, to make it easier for anybody to buy it. Yeah. Um, and so that keeps the economy going. But the economy is just built on this death spiral of debt that most Americans, A, don't know how to handle, and, and B, don't realize how deeply in debt they really are. You're preaching today, man. Let's look at one other piece of information tied back to what's going on in the world of auto loans. And then let's talk about repo vehicles getting to the markets because there's some really interesting data from Mannheim that just came out this morning. And then we've got a really, you got to be kidding me that you need to stick around for. I promise I will. All right, Dad. So just the other day. Yes. The largest since, I think it was 2000, since the year 2000, the largest ABS deal ever yes. for auto loans. Asset-backed securities. Since the year 2000. Yeah. And I could be wrong on the date, so we're going to pull it up here in yeah. a second. Firm yeah. best known for mortgages sells one of the largest ever auto bonds. It was, yeah, since the, since the early the 2000s. 2000s. Yes. The company sold three auto bonds which repackage car loans into securities of varying risk and sizes. There's different tranches, all sorts of different credit tiers. With the latest being one of the largest in history, a $4.6 billion offering exceeded only by bond sales from Ford and Bank of America in the 2000s. This is one of the largest ever ABS deals. Can, 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 can I say one thing before we go any further? Uh, this is according to data compiled by Bloomberg. Now, this is a news organization. Pretty well known, okay? And and this offering exceeded only by bond sales from Ford Motor Company and Bank of America in the 2000s. We're still in the 2000s, okay? The 2000s started at 2000, okay? We're at 2023. You're a news organization. Could you be a tad bit more specific as to what in the 2000s means? Does that mean early 2000s? Does it mean 2018? Does it mean, well, last week? I hear you, Pops. I could have also done more research myself to figure that out. So why, why, no, the, you're not the one that put out the article. I know, that... but I'm the one reporting on it here. I could have done more research. Should they have done what you said? Absolutely. I don't want to condescend or belittle Bloomberg. They do a good job putting information out. I own this, not having more information about this. And I'm sorry you don't, that you, I- you, You're not the one that needs to own it. I think if, if you're a news organization- I don't want not to have a, an argument I, about a news organization on a daily news show where we talk about the auto industry. There's enough uh, uh, frustration in our world right now about news organizations. Why do we got to make this about Bloomberg? Because there should be context. You know, it means nothing if there's no context. But I, I digress and I apologize. I don't know. I think I time out for those of you who enjoy the show for the auto stuff. We'll get back to that in a second. I hear you. But there's it's a polarizing moment right now in society, this idea of like mainstream media versus what's going on online. And we're by you attacking Bloomberg, we're making the show about attacking Bloomberg. I don't want to attack Bloomberg. I don't know. I don't even care if the, our audience likes Bloomberg or not. The information is really relevant to understand what's going on in the market. Okay. You disagree with me? I was just whatever. It matters not. My opinion is is 
is of very little value to uh, to Mayor Bloomberg and his staff. How about that? And the good folks at, at the maybe Bloomberg I missed the point. I don't know. I just don't want us to end up having uh, shows derailed by railing on the people that give us the information to be able to even provide the show when I could do a better job even doing more research in advance of the show. It's not your job to do the research. It's their job to provide the context. And the context requires that they they provide you with what it means when they say in the 2000s. That's all. You, you, I don't know why you're taking it personally. And I, you know, Bloomberg should be ashamed of themselves. That's my opinion. That's merely an opinion, ladies and gentlemen. All right. In my opinion. Thank you for allowing me to rail for a moment. They sold a, a lot of a lot of bonds. Uh, to me, yeah, but, that's an indication. But there that... was there was something interesting in the article. If you want to scroll down. Oh, sure. Okay. Give me a moment. Where would you like me to scroll? To? Keep scrolling because it gives you a breakdown. Here it is. In in each deal, Bayview effectively bought auto loans from U.S. Bank and used them as the collateral to sell the asset back bonds. One benefit of the most recent deal is that roughly 42% of the more than 146,000 loans were on Teslas. And Teslas tend to attract higher credit-worthy borrowers. So when it comes to, to this type of asset-backed security, what I could extrapolate from that is that this had less risk attached to it than many other trunches, is that how you say it, mm -hmm. of, of, uh, of automobile loan asset-backed securities. So it, it, it probably might have been a, a, a better value for those who bought it, a, a less risky value for those who bought it. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. Um, these are all indirect auto loans is also, this included selling $4 billion of indirect auto loans. So it is super interesting. I think there was a comment that came through in the chat that sums it up nicely why you would make a move like that. Repackage is another way of saying the turd is mid-flight uh, <laughs> to, to the, the fan. fan. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, I think I think it's interesting. Why would you get rid of an asset that is generating income for you because it got riskier? Whether it's Teslas or not, it got riskier for you, and so you're offloading that. Someone else who can hold that responsibility and that liability. Let's look in the screen, Dad. There was one other piece of interesting information. It came from the mid-month update yes. over at Mannheim. Let me pull that up on the screen. Right here, Dad. Auction check-ins. So this is going to be what types of vehicles are coming back to the auctions. And yes. you can see the repo check-in index keeps rising, folks. Last wow. time we looked at this, it was at 85%. That was last month's data that was reported in auto finance news. Now we're up to 90%. So we're almost back to the to the pre-pandemic times of how many vehicles, repo vehicles are coming in. Rental car index. Look at this, guys. No wonder there's still not a lot of used cars at the auctions. Rental cars are down 43% from the number of rental cars that made it to the used car auctions back in 2019. And lease check-ins, Dad, down 88%, excuse me, 78% from where they were in 2019. Wow. So talk about your your whole uh, hypothesis for why used car prices aren't going to plummet anytime soon is this chart exactly. There's just not enough new used cars in the market to be able to support demand. And that 
all relates back to the 15 to 18 million new cars uh, globally that were not produced due to the chip shortage that was tied into the COVID pandemic. Yeah. And, and I don't know. And, and, you know, that might relate to 10 million cars, eight to 10 million cars in this country. And, and that weren't sold that would have been sold had they been produced uh, that would have also produced some trade-ins. So I don't know how you overcome that in the short term. I don't believe you do. I, I, I honestly believe that this is something that will last years and years and years because there, there's too many, too much production that was lost, too many potential sales that didn't happen, too many potential trade-ins that weren't traded in. Um, so that, you know, I, I, I believe this lasts through the, through the decade. That's me. Now, you know, there, there are enough people that will put in the comments that we haven't made a prediction yet that's come true. Um, my hope is that the prediction I just made doesn't come true, but that's in my heart of hearts what I think is going to happen. But, you know, ba- based on my track record, you know, we'll, we'll probably have more used cars in the market next week than we've ever had. <laughs> the data from Mannheim is quite interesting. All right, let's wrap the show early, but let's do first one of our favorite segments. Uh, which would be, oh, really? You've got to be kidding me. All right, so this one, um, we were we were having a little tiff earlier about journalistic integrity. We're going to dig a little deeper on that. J.D. Power survey literally just came out. Finds vehicle quality keeps getting worse. Dodge, Ram, and Alfa Romeo top J.D. Power's 2023 U.S. initial quality study. Ford, Lincoln, and Toyota slide. The really got to be kidding me is, I don't know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong, but the idea that Dodge, Ram, and Alfa are your J.D. Power 2023 U.S. initial quality winners. Mm. I don't mm. know. Mm. 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 I don't know, man. Yeah. Remember, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, this is the study where it's like the less technology in the car, the better. The better you score. Yeah, because the these less... headlines are so misleading. Yes. Yes, because the the less likelihood that somebody has an issue trying to figure it out. It's like we'll share something with this with with our audience today that People know my brother, Kenny, 80 years old, only person in America that does not have a, a computer. Yep. And, <laughs> I don't know if he's not on me, but yes. yeah. More than likely. Um, and, and, and until Tuesday, the only person in America that did not have a cell phone. Yeah. Okay. I got a call from my brother yesterday saying I just spent like four hours and I finally figured out how to get the phone off the airplane mode. So he got a cell phone. He got a cell phone. Uncle Kenny got a cell phone. 80 years old, got a cell phone. So what I'm and 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 he didn't get a like a, a smartphone. He, no. got, he got he got a $20 Nokia smart flip phone. Yep. Filled, loaded with tons of technology. Um, but the point is that that's not even that sophisticated of a, of a phone, and he can't figure out any of the stuff. Yeah. So now take vehicles that have a poop ton of technology built into them 
how are people supposed to figure that out? And that is what lowers the initial quality scores because the more technology these vehicles have, the less likely it is that someone other than a, a, a dealership employee who has been trained for 10 minutes yeah. um, is going to be able to figure out how any of this stuff works. It leads to incredibly misleading headlines of, you know, like Alfa Romeo wins U.S. quality. from. I mean, that is like a headline you never actually want to read because it's just, it's disingenuous. Or Dodge or Ram yeah. or, or Jeep. I, I mean, come you know, we, we see it in the comments all the time as to, you know, the reason they don't sell is because they're, they, they don't produce particularly high quality vehicles, but, it, but apparently their initial quality <laughs> is better rig. than everybody else's. It's, they just deteriorate much faster <laughs> apparently than everybody else. I found that it, must be the case. It must be the case. I found it yeah. quite fascinating, quite interesting. We're not going to do any videos on the car Edge channel about this stuff because it's just, uh, to me, it's not news, but it's an interesting headline to say the least. And, and, yeah, we and we deal on a daily basis with interesting headlines that when you dig a little deeper into some of the headlines, you, you begin to realize that, well, there ain't much there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, folks, we're going to call the show early today, caredge.com, caredge.com. That's where we can help you out. Caredge.com slash apply. If you're interested in joining our team as a car coach, we are hiring. If you are a dealer out there and you are interested in working with us, we are working on the Car Edge Trusted Dealer Program caredge.com slash join is where you can fill out that application pops thank you for uh for today's sorry show. sorry i pissed you off um, i'm not pissed off i'm good yeah, thanks yeah. for apologizing though i we can we can talk about it we, learning moment i probably shouldn't have made as much of it live on a show it's all good well i, I just let me say this i i love you handsome you know it, too. and 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 just because we might disagree about something, it doesn't mean that we don't love each other. Yeah. It just means that we disagree. Um, and 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 the disagreement's over in a matter of seconds. Um, That's what I'm most proud of. Like when I was younger, I would hold on to stuff. I think when you were younger, you would hold on to stuff. We're pretty good about that now. I think we're pretty good about it. Better to hold on to it than throw it. No, I think, <laughs> I think it's better to just... No, no. Like we've had some pretty, you know, decent tiffs, and it's like nothing, nothing actually matters in that big, you know, like, like it, so you move on, and then you, yeah, yeah. 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 So, so I just want I all wanted, you out there do that with your parent or, or yes, child. Like, yeah. don't get pissed off at each other. It's not worth it. Well, you can get pissed off. Just then don't hold on. on to. Yeah, it. then move on. Yeah, it, you know, it, it's. I, I used to, I, I used to tell my salespeople. I said, you know, just because I might yell at you at a moment doesn't mean I don't love you. Yeah. Uh, you know, doesn't mean that I'm getting ready to fire you. It just means I was mad at you for a minute. <laughs> Okay, I expressed my anger and I'm over it now. Now you need to get over it, damn it. Um, but yeah, perhaps I I, I should have picked um, a, a different venue in which to uh, in in which to uh, discuss uh, Bloomberg's reporting techniques. Yeah, it's all good. Yeah, it's all good. We're learning. All yeah, right. uh, somebody wants a hug. He's so freaking huggable. <laughs> That's because there's way too much. There's of way too much of you. <laughs> yeah. All right. We'll be back tomorrow, Friday. Everyone have a great week. We'll yeah, and we, I think we have a special guest tomorrow. Ms. It's Kimberly Kimberly's Klein. Corner tomorrow. So the FNI goddess herself, Miss Kimberly Klein, will be here at, at, at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific. 
8 a.m. in Anchorage, 6 a.m. in Honolulu, and you know we're not even going to talk about the folks in Manila today, but it would be midnight in Manila. See you all tomorrow, everybody.